Hi there. Welcome to the Soul Gym Podcast. My name is Daryl Jones. I wrote a book called Soul Gym, a manual to connect mind, body, and spirit for soulful living. The book is direct and brief, outlining the practices and exercises I have been engaged in for 20 years personally and supporting others with professionally for 15 years as a spiritual coach, mindfulness instructor, and minister. This podcast is support for the journey. Oftentimes, the gap from reading something, understanding it, and applying it to one's life can be great. Let this be your weekly inspiration and coaching to fuel you in living a soulful life. Get ready to stretch your mind and strengthen your heart as we step into the Soul Gym. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Soul Gym Podcast. Rev Daryl here. So grateful that you've taken a moment to tune in and to exercise your soul a bit, to stretch it, to strengthen it. And today we're going to do so around the concept of love being greater than fear. This is one of the cornerstones of any spiritual journey, I believe, but in particular as it relates to being a soul gym practitioner and bringing together the mind, the body, and the spirit to live a soulful life, we must be adamant about choosing love over fear. And it is a choice. Now, I get that there are moments in our lives where we are seated in a car and someone's driving crazy. Um, we're going to be fearful. And there's nothing wrong with fear itself. The challenge is, is when our fear is not monitored or it is not checked, right? So think about it this way. There's nothing wrong with eating a donut. I did not eat one this morning, although I wanted one, so it's fresh on my mind. But there's nothing wrong with eating a singular donut. There's nothing wrong with eating a few donuts here and there. But if that is the staple of your diet, you are quickly going to find yourself in a heap of trouble when it comes to the biochemistry, your energy, your capacity to respond to life. Fear is like a donut. Fear in and of itself coming up here and there is not a bad thing. It actually is meant to serve you. It's there to protect you. However, a steady diet of fear all day long doesn't do anything to really help your overall sense of well-being, connection to source, connection to light, and connection to the most important person on the planet, you. We live in a world that loves fear. Now, I'm sure anyone on the uh, news, uh, anyone in any of the radio stations, anyone in any of the jobs that we're in would say, that's ridiculous. We don't love fear, but we use fear universally on this planet as the means of motivation. So think of the most mundane product on the market that has nothing to do with your health. Um, but if you turn on the television and you watch some commercials, 
most of the things that are being sold to you are being sold to you out of a space of, oh my gosh, well, what, you know, fear, you can call it fear of missing out, uh, fear of not understanding, fear of not having the best. Um, there's so many different levels of fear that get uh, used in marketing, but ultimately it is the driving force. It is the catalyst to try to motivate us to buy something, to engage in a product, to engage in a service. And the default tendency of our animal humanity is fear because there's things that we need to protect ourselves from, right? So if you look at any animal, especially a wild animal, but even domesticated animals, if you have a bird, if you have a dog, if you have a cat, if you have a hamster, they are constantly checking their environment to make sure that it's not going to harm them whether it's sniffing to make sure there isn't a strange or foreign scent coming through, if it's scanning and looking back and forth, if it is actually showing teeth and getting aggressive when something presents itself that they've never seen before or they're not familiar with, that is just this self-preservation uh, mode within us. And that exists obviously for animals that don't have the same level of conscious thought and reasoning that we do as humans. But the thing is, is we have this higher capacity as humans to think and to reason and to take things into consideration. We have the uh, ability to choose as opposed to uh, just react to a stimulus in our environment. And yet we don't really check the fear that we experience. A lot of the fear that we experience has nothing to do with what is actually in front of us. So let's use this for an example. I was talking to uh, a friend the other day um, about their pet who was having some health challenges. And they went to the vet. There wasn't anything conclusive in that moment, they needed to do some other tests, they needed to do an ultrasound, and I think maybe some blood work or something like that. And my friend said, I'm freaking out. And that moment, their freaking out had nothing to do with what was actually happening in the room. Their pet wasn't actively in a space of like throwing up or, you know, um, urinating blood or anything like that. There was just some discomfort that was apparent and the vet said we need to do some further tests to make to be conclusive or to see what's going on but in their mind they were running into the future to these worst case scenarios now i'm not doing this to you know to poke fun at my friend my friend was just illustrating the human condition for all of us we constantly run into the future and go, oh crap, what if this happens? Oh my gosh, what if they say this? Oh my gosh, what if I say this? Oh my gosh, what if I don't do this? Oh my gosh, what if they don't do this? And it's, it's, it's part of our jobs even, right? Where we have to catastrophize or come up with worst case scenarios in order to plan and prepare. And there's nothing wrong with it. And from the standpoint of our spiritual and our mental and psychological well-being, when we are in that constant state of, oh my gosh, something is about to crash, our nervous system, it doesn't understand anything. It doesn't really think. Your nervous system just responds to the stimulus that is there. 
So if the stimulus that is there is a thought of fear and worry, doubt and concern, and catastrophizing about the future, then the body responds as if. This is where chronic stress comes into play. Our adrenals, these little glands that sit on top of our kidneys, they are beautiful, beautiful things that we need. They help regulate our hormones, they release stress hormones, they help us uh, regulate digestion and shut down unnecessary functions when we're in a space of a threat. Uh, it upregulates things. The challenge is, is that, that your adrenals don't need to be in a constant state of fighting or flighting or fixing the world. But in our mind, when we are constantly in that space of worry, when we're constantly in that space of, oh my gosh, when we are constantly in that state of fear, the body responds as if there is a crisis in front of it. And when anything whether it is a mechanism in our body or if it's a piece of machinery, you don't let your car just keep running when you don't drive it, right? You park it and you turn it off. If you let your car run all the time, all of the parts in the engine and the motor and various things would wear out much, much quicker. Literally, they might burn out. And we all know that phrase, right? To be burned out. When we are burned out, it is not because of a single event, it's because we are always on fire inside of our hearts and our minds. So what do we do about this? This is, to me, one of the universal purposes of choosing a spiritual journey in our life, where we don't solely base our experience upon the five senses of what we can touch, taste, and feel, hear, and smell, we base it upon an internal awareness, a connection that is uh, transcendent of our five basic human senses. Some people call this living beyond the three dimensions, where we live in 4D and the fifth dimension. And that, to me, is where our spiritual life, that is where the soulful journey really expands. But it requires work and exercise on our part. Why? Because our default dominant tendency is to be more human and animalistic than anything. Because in the material world, we are constantly bumping up against things that we don't understand. So the body goes, oh my gosh, I don't understand this. And just like the animals, domesticated or wild, we go into a state of growling, showing our teeth, cowering, running away. And that doesn't need to be the constant state of our existence. Internally, we can have a powerful, powerful uh, space of safety, of wellness and wholeness that we can bring into any situation especially those that we don't understand. And to stay connected to that sense of wholeness, to that sense of oneness, to that sense of safety, to that sense of love and light and truth and creativity and possibility and freedom and knowing that there's more than enough of everything for everyone to go around, if we work together to make it so, then we don't get so caught up as easily in the fearful state. But it requires us to choose love over fear. It requires us to choose something, anything over fear. Fear is an unintelligent state of mind. Now, does fear serve us? Yes. 
But when we are in a state of fear, we don't have access to our full well of wisdom and insight and understanding. The only thing we're trying to do is protect ourselves. And if you have ever yelled at someone when it wasn't required, when you have ever physically uh, gone after someone when it was completely out of bounds, if you have ever made a rash decision when it comes to your finances or a relationship and five minutes, five days, five weeks later, you're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? You weren't thinking, you were fearing. Fear is an unintelligent state. It is meant in a single moment to protect us from the harshest dangers that may kill us. But rarely in our humanity today are we in a state where something is threatening our very life. And yet we respond and act as if. So it takes practice. This is what the spiritual journey is all about. This is why Soul Gym became such a... Um, it became my life, it became my purpose, it became my mission because there isn't an intellectual understanding. We can talk about this choosing love versus fear as much as we want and go, oh yeah, okay, I get it, Daryl. But the problem is, is that our spirit, our emotions, our physical body, our neurology, our physiology, all comes out of habit the habitual state, the tendency and default way that we have responded up to this point is going to be the way that we continue to respond up to this point. Do you get that? So we need to check and go, oh, is this working for me? And if the answer is no, if the state and the order of our life and the way that we respond in our relationships and our friends and our family and our work and our response to world events and anything, our own health, even our own mental state, if it's not working for us, we need to do something differently. It isn't about doing a sweeping change in a day. It's about engaging in exercises and practices that create a pathway for us to choose love over fear, to create a new default, if you will. That is why I wrote my book. That is why I have been practicing it in my life because I have been choosing fear over love longer than I've been choosing love over fear consciously. But I would say in the past two decades of my life, almost 25 years, half of my life so far, I have been in the active pursuit of choosing love over fear. Does it mean that my life is perfect? Does it mean that other people respond differently? No, but it has empowered me to step into relationship with life in a way that I am so grateful for. Here's a couple of quotes to think about as it relates to choosing love and letting love be greater than fear. To fear love is to fear life. And those who fear life are already three parts dead. When you choose to perceive love over fear, life begins to flow. That's what we want, right? We want our life to be in a state of flow. Flow meaning lots of different things, but ultimately to be in harmony, to be in communion with what is. Now we trip ourselves up thinking that to be in flow means that we like everything that's happening. No, 
to act lovingly and to be in love with life doesn't necessarily mean that you actually like everything that you see, hear, touch, taste, and feel. But it does mean that you respond and move from love first. At least you choose love when you realize you're, you have defaulted to fear. What does this look like? Oh, just the other day, I heard a young um, African-American woman who we were in a group and there were some snacks afterwards. And one of the snacks was cut up watermelon, which if you uh, are familiar with, uh, it was an image of kind of the simple country uh, bumpkin black person, uneducated, sitting around on the porch eating watermelon in the South. It was one of the images depicted of blacks uh, at the time that has kind of been this comical um, Sambo uh, re reference. And I don't even know if this young woman had experienced anyone really doing it. She was probably maybe in her early 20s. Um, and there was, I would say, a historical remembering of the shame of the, mm, just the hurt of that image and that connection. So much so that a young white woman who was personing the table and making sure that, you know, people could get refreshments, just said, hey, would you like some watermelon? And later off on the side, I heard her talking to a girlfriend and she said, today's a good day because this white woman asked me if I wanted some watermelon and you know where my mind went. And I chose not to say anything. Now, without getting into splitting the hairs, did that woman intend to offend her, blah, blah, blah. What this woman realized, this young African-American woman realized, was that in that moment, there was this fear, there was this anger, there was this historical um, feeling that was rising up as someone who I'm pretty certain had no intent of consciously doing or saying anything to offend this young woman. But in that moment, she chose not to react. She chose love over fear. And choosing love over fear doesn't mean that we become a doormat to life. It doesn't mean that we don't put our hands up sometimes and say, hey, this doesn't work. But what it does mean is that we take a moment, we take a beat, and then we respond. This is a learned practice. This is not something that you just get. You must practice it first in your own spiritual practice. This is why forgiveness work and meditation and prayer, um, you know, reading words that inspire you, uh, listening to podcasts like this to help you stay in the, what some might call the high vibration or the consciousness of love. And then when you step out in life, the gift of all that spiritual exercise and practice is that it has brought you to a space of awareness that when you have these triggering moments, right before you respond in a way that maybe was your usual, whether it was good or bad, you have a spot second of awareness that you can choose. This is what soulful living is all about. Moment by moment, 
realizing the choices you are making in either going with them or course correcting. I am so grateful that you are here today. I am so grateful that you've chosen this spiritual, soulful journey. Let's close with just a quick moment, a deep breath in and out. And what I affirm in this moment for everyone listening to this podcast is that we are creatures of choice, that we have been imbued by the living spirit with the power of consciousness, choice, and awareness. And we must practice it as much as possible. So let us choose, let us practice making love greater than any fear in our life. And should any fear rise up, we know that there is something far, far more powerful, far, far more constructive that any fear would be, and that is love. So I say yes to us choosing love over fear, and I am grateful that you've joined us here on the Soul Gym Podcast today. Peace and blessings to you. Thanks for stopping by the Soul Gym. I pray you experience some greater self-awareness, inspiration to experience a richer, more soulful life, and motivation to start working out your mind, body, and spirit today. Remember, you don't need to be anyone other than the unique expression of life you already are. However, to grow into deeper, soulful living, daily, consistent exercise is needed. If you'd like some support and help building and growing your personal soul gym, reach out and let's connect. I would love to do a one-on-one session with you. Explore more Soul Gym offerings at RevDarylJones.com. That's R-E-V-D-A-R-R-E-L-L-J-O-N-E-S.com. Until next week, may you practice love, light, and laughter.